learning about all these emotions and all these feelings of adversity that I'm going through right now, making that decision right now that I'm going to grow from this is one of those decisions that needed to be made the day of the injury, really. This is The Playbook. This is David Meltzer with The Playbook, and I am here in the greatest podcast studio in the nation, if not the world. Blue Wire Studios is in the lobby of the win. We are here also with an incredible athlete, an NFL future superstar. He's injured right now, but I guarantee it. I've seen all the talent in the world. This man has the mindset, the heart set, and the feet set to make it happen. Alec Ingold, fullback of the Las Vegas Raiders. Welcome to the playbook. I appreciate it. And heart set. I'm going to steal that one. I, I, I talk mindset all the time, but heart set. I like that. Well, that talks about, you know what I say about NFL players and it doesn't say much for me as an average division three football player, but you know, your skills and your knowledge determine your basement, you know, mm -hmm. so take Jeff George or Ryan leaf. They had really high basements. Right. Uh, but that desire, that heart set determines your ceiling, your potential. And you see that in the NFL, I think, more than any, anywhere you can get away with it in baseball, you can get away, but not in football. Your, your potential, your ceiling is that desire, and you're one of those players that have played with desire. Old school football, in fact, you play what I call an old school position. So I'm going to start on the football field, then we're going to get into one of my favorite topics uh, that you and I both share uh, a, a big heart set for. But, you know, being a fullback, uh, is an interesting position. Not uh, a lot of teams have fullbacks. There, you know, is a, a different need today. How has that position changed uh, as far as skills uh, go? What you know, what do you need to do as a fullback today? Yeah, I mean, it's the the league is cyclical, right? So everything's a cycle. You want to get big on offense to you know take advantage of small defenses. All of a sudden, you want to get fast on offense. The defense has got to get fast with you. So um, being a fullback is you got to take a lot of pride in your intelligence on the field to kind of be able to change the entire offense. You got to be able to show up on the field when they see 21 personnel, they see two running backs, um, one tight end, you know, all the wide receivers, whatever. The defense needs to know they got to strap up a little bit differently. And I think you got to take pride in that too, right? You got to be able to say, this is my job. I'm coming out here. Everyone knows we're running the ball, maybe a little play action. And then once you develop that like fundamental baseline, that basement of being a fullback, then you're awarded those opportunities of catching the ball in the flat, lining up outside at receiver, being a third down running back. So then all of a sudden you open up everything, the whole playbook for everybody else. Oh, it's 21 personnel. Oh, but now they're throwing the ball. We're in empty. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's that whole chess game. That's a whole mind game where the longer you're in the league, the more you can learn, the more you can develop a little bit of a different skill set. Then you're able to help everybody out on the field and say, okay, maybe we can get Josh the ball a little bit more. Maybe we can get Darren the ball a little bit more when they have to be base personnel ready for the run fits. Yeah, you know, I'm a student in the game myself and looking at the fullback position, a fullback that can catch. And as everybody's gotten faster, there's a lot of fullbacks like yourself that actually have some real speed. And it gets really difficult to defend mm -hmm. when you have a multi-purpose fullback that can lay the wood, uh, you know, get two yards when it's needed. Uh, you know, it takes away a lot uh, from the defense when you have to worry about Holy crap! You know, they we these guys literally could tell us that Alex getting the ball, you know, in on a dive, and we're gonna have a 50-50 chance of stopping him for two yards. Right. You know, those are important downs, and to be able to have that power, but also the blocking, and then to be able to slip out and catch the ball. Now we have just a threat that's incredible, and I think the future will swing back uh, to some you know great fullbacks like yourself, and I think people like you 
are the kids that will make it happen. Um, you know, the show's about your playbook to success, and right now you're injured. Mm. Uh, I believe pain is an indicator that uh, you have a better place to be. Mm. And a lot of times we see the, the pain of an injury or a mistake or a failure in business. It's an opportunity uh, for us to know our very best mm -hmm. and to appreciate what we had. Uh, for you, what lessons, you know, there cannot be anything more frustrating than being in the NFL, living your dream and having to sit out a season uh, because you have an injury. What lessons are you taking from the injury? Yeah, I think first and foremost, you gotta, you gotta really address your mental side of things. You know, this is a six to eight month recovery period with an ACL, right? So there's no cheating that. Right. There's, there's no shortcut there. You know, you, the ligaments the, are ligaments. Yeah, the biology is the biology. So it's gonna take that long. Um, the one thing that I've been worried about or focusing on, I should say, is my mental side of the game. How am I gonna be mentally tough? You know, reading a lot of Harvard Business Review, like mentally tough, business leadership. All these Watching like your Dave Meltzer videos, Dave Meltzer videos, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right Meltzer on. videos. Um, <laughs> shoot, I'm I'm just really diving into the mental side of things and kind of finding a, a fundamental you know foothold on who I am as an individual. So then, I'm able to be more self-aware and spatially aware on the football field. I know what I can and can't do a little bit more now. Um, you know, overextending myself, getting injured, can't do that. Uh, best ability is availability. But then it's also learning about all these emotions and all these feelings of adversity that I'm going through right now and, you know, figuring out, yeah, I've been reading a whole lot about, you know, post-traumatic growth. So there's this whole idea, there's this bell curve, right? You have adversity, you have bad moments, you go down the spiral of anxiety, depression, stress, all these like negative connotations. And th there's a flip that needs to get switched in your head and how you deal with that, how you accept it, how you learn from it. And, you know, it can really, end a career or it can set you off to a better better career that you could ever dreamed of so reading that understanding that and saying making that decision right now that i'm going to grow from this it is one of those decisions that needed to be made you know a day the day of the injury really and you know with that right mindset you also have an opportunity that a lot of players don't have which is you get there and now you have the time to not only appreciate it but make a plan uh, for the rest of the time you're going to be there mm -hmm. and the time afterwards. And you created the money mini camp, uh, and not only for self, but to give back to the community, to the kids in the community, the kids in, in the world that need financial literacy. Uh, as I've partnered with, I told you, Marshall Falk and Ed Milad and, you know, some really greats. And for me, financial literacy really hits home, not just because I'm the chief chancellor of junior achievement, uh, because I was someone who you think, was financially literate. I was someone who's worth over $100 million. I went to law school and business school. I grew up with a family of intelligent people, of professionals. And, you know, when I lost everything in 2008, I realized that, you know, I, I may be a great salesman and a moneymaker, but that doesn't mean just because you make a lot of money that you're financially literate. In fact, uh, it allows and clouds a lot of bad practices and bad judgments. Yeah. Um, and so for you, you know, as you have reached an upper echelon uh, economically as well, being in the league, you know, what have you learned financial literacy means uh, that may be, you know, misguided for most young people or just adults like myself? Yeah, in general, I think financial literacy is one thing. It's the knowledge. I think financial well-being is the term that you can put on how you live your life day to day. And it's never about 
um, trying to stack as much bread as you can. It's not about putting as much money in the bank. It's about finding the balance of what makes you happy. And, you know, there's going to be sacrifices. You got to give something up to get something. But at the end of the day, that financial well-being, kind of looking at yourself, taking a step back and saying, what do I really value in life? And then let's invest in that. And, and once you kind of change your mindset, your heart set on investing in everything, time, money, resources, effort, uh, that, that's where you get a financial well-being of I feel healthy when I'm making decisions on how much I can spend on a dinner on a Friday night. You know, if, it, if that's something that you value and you want to spend time with your wife, kids, whatever. I love that because I teach the five daily practices and the first practice is to know your what. What do you want personally, experientially, giving and receiving wise? Who can help you? Who you can help with what you want? Um, but in order to do so, you know, timing and risk tolerance uh, is part of that inventory. And it's so funny because I've really tried to stress upon people, look, quit trying to make money. Try to align your investments with your timing and risk tolerance. Therefore, you know, if we go out there into the casino, you and I, and we put money on black, we know our timing and risk tolerance. Yep. One roll of the roulette table and less than 50% chance we're going to win. Yeah. Right. But if we lose our money and we know our timing and risk tolerance, we're okay. Yeah. Whether we win or lose, as long as it adhered to it, uh, where people fall apart is, and let's talk about education because that's so important in what you do. Um, I see that as the biggest investment that you make, an investment in yourself. And, you know, I was wondering for you, you know, with being younger and seeing all types of different education, you're college educated, Big Ten guy, yeah, great yeah. school. <laughs> and, you know, what is your feeling today about investing yourself? Everyone should. You know, I'm, I'm going to be a hardcore on this, okay. you know, unlike my boy Gary. Everybody needs to educate themselves every day. You know, I'm not sure college is a place for everyone to educate themselves. Right. But if you're not educating yourself, if you're not expanding and growing in that manner, shame on you. You don't get life and you better make that investment in yourself today. That's one of the hard stands that I take. But for you, what's your perspective of education today? Just coming out of college yourself and being, you know, someone who, who gets both sides of the fence. Right. I think education is is a choice uh, from both sides and i think it's really tough on educators my mom's a third grade teacher and she works her tail off man yeah. she's been teaching I was a second grade so i'm 35 years she's teaching and she you know it's not about the money it's all about the impact right she lives a life of significance every single day she shapes that. lives and to to grow up and and have someone in my corner um being adopted and not really have that that birth father or birth mother and you have an adopted family that you don't look like right like I, i'm a mixed kid and I'm in an Irish, you know, Wisconsin family, like there, there's a little disconnect there, but the, the amount of love and support that they gave me, I was educated every single day, you know, whether it was a classroom or not. And, and I was instilled a lot of priorities. I was instilled a lot of, you know, strengths, weaknesses, all of those things played into how I see and view education. And I think now being able to work with young kids, work with high school kids that are way too cool to pay attention to class, right? They aren't pulling up your videos. They aren't, they aren't, <laughs> They aren't doing that in their free time, right? Um, to be able to reach them and be real with them and be like, you know, whether they're student athletes and I can relate to them on that level, whether they're in foster care, I can relate to them in that level. There's something unique about seeing a spark in a kid's eyes where they just get it. And they're like, all this information's out there. It's all on Google. We can go, we can go down to junior, ch my time, I can go spend this whatever I want to do. And seeing that spark in a kid's eye, you know, for the little camps that we do, it's, it's really inspiring to be able to see that and kind of help them along in making that decision and saying, you get to walk a life of education. You get to learn every single day. All this information is out there for you. Someone 
has lived the life that you want to live, go, go find the blueprint, you know, and, and then make it your own. You know, I was uh, doing some work with Junior Achievement, and we were with some younger kids, and we had asked them to go ahead and draw a picture uh, of their future career. And you help kids a lot uh, understand the options and opportunities mm -hmm. that they have, regardless of the socioeconomic disadvantages or familiar disadvantages that you've actually faced yourself. Uh, and to do that, I remember sitting in a classroom and there's a young boy in the back and, and you could tell he was lost when I said, you know, draw me what you want to be when you grow up, mm -hmm. you know, career wise. And I saw the light go on and he drew a picture and I was just so curious. I had to look and as they turned him in, I grabbed his paper from the thing after he left and yep. it was a pizza delivery guy. So I asked the teacher, I said, you know, I thought I was more inspiring than that. You know, I'm taking my time and I'm talking about, you can't ask big enough. You're at, everyone here, right. including Shoot me, we're asking for crumbs. You know, we, mm. we, we have, you know, I use the faith thing, right? Like, think about this. There is a powerful omniscient, all, all knowing source that loves you more than your own mom loves you. Mm. And it knows everything. So ask for more, just like, Imagine a parent that had as much money that ever existed and as much knowledge as ever existed and it loved you more than your parents love you and you, all you got to do is ask. And so he has this pizza delivery and I said, how could this be? And she said, Dave, every single male uh, role model is gone. The only one that he knows is his uncle that delivers pizzas. Hmm. And that's what he could see. When kids see you, they see a different dream. And when they he hear you talk about you can be anything that you want to be, just ask, you know, what impact does that have on you to know that, you know, you're walking into classrooms and you obviously understand significance. Your mom's touching these third graders year after year for 35 years. I get that myself. But for you, you now have even more power than your mom of significance because, you know, I've represented big athletes and I used to say when Evander Holyfield goes on a PSA and says real men don't hit women, it means something. Yeah, I mean, uh, and when you say something, it means something. That's uh, th there's responsibility in what we do off the field, and I don't think that gets lost on anybody. But the fact of the matter is, when you know, when w I started this money mini camp idea, and, and you reach out to all these guys, and you know, here's the information, here's what you need to say, but let's be real about it. You know, kids are the best BS meters <laughs> in the yes. world, right? So being able to preach something and you know, spend the time to research it, be informed to give them the right information, but then to give them a story and to be like, this was my life. This is how I overcame all this adversity. This is real and be able to connect to them that way. I think that's something that's, that's really impactful. And, you know, I remember the very first money mini camp we had in person in Madison, Wisconsin, there was this kid who was just super timid. He was on the soccer team, didn't want to, you know, had the, had the glasses and everything. Right. And we did a public speaking deal. So, you know, we're getting job readiness stuff going too. And we had everyone research their name in the dictionary, whatever their name was defined as, what do you want to change about that dictionary definition of your name? So, you know, they're, they're going through the, the list or whatever, and this kid gets up. And at some point he, he decided that he was going to go for it. And he just spoke his name. He spoke what he wanted to do. He wanted to be an astronaut. He had all the confidence, the demeanor in the world. And all the kids just gravitated to him for the rest of the for the rest of the day for the rest of the two day camp. It was it was something that changed. I, I believe changed his life. There was a spark in his eye where it was just like, I can be myself. I don't have to pretend to be anybody else. Like this is the dream that's inside of me, and to be able to be somebody that 
walks the walk every single day in the NFL, whether I have a torn ACL or I play through broken ribs or whatever that I, I live my story. So you can put a YouTube clip up of me playing against the Chiefs or whatever that is, you know, that's some sort of credibility and validity, but the message is no different. So being able to kind of be real with them, say this is, this is really what I went through and, and not hold any emotion or any feeling back to get them to do the same, you know, that's something where you, you get goosebumps when you tell those stories. That's amazing because in my own journey, it had such great financial success at a young age and what resonates more with people than my financial success before and after is the bankruptcy, the illumination of, hey, you know. The pain. I, yeah, I was financially illiterate and I had everything and that's what resonates, the honesty, the, the illumination. Last question real quick, friends. You know, they played an important role in, in, in your past, in, mm -hmm. in your future. And I have an old saying, I'm gonna say it on the show and my girls uh, are gonna cringe <laughs> because I've said it so many times show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Mm. And looking at your history, friends have played that integral role to find the best friends, to put yourself around the right people and the right ideas. How important is it in your program and minicamp and in your philosophy to like the astronaut kid, right? To find the right friends, to gravitate towards the right friends, to have the right friends around you. Yeah, I think you play a real balance of, of building your environment, right? Because you want it to be real. And it's so hard at a young age, right? To, to have real conversations. Um, so being able to kind of take a step back and, and tell them how important it is to be open and honest with the people you're around. So you get that, you get that breakdown real quick. You know, what are you about? Are you about what I'm trying to be about or are you not? So um, having that community feel, having that support system and understanding there's, there's strength and vulnerability uh, all of those messages have to resonate with any any budgeting, any savings plan, any anything financially literate. You know, the environment that you want to be around every single day has to be just as important, more important. And being able to build that environment um, through your high school, through your college, you know, building an ecosystem of success is, is kind of what we call it. So I think that's that's huge. I'll tell you one thing: having this studio here in Las Vegas, probably you know the best studio in the world, and you know, being a Los Angeles Chargers fan, I'm having a difficult time because every single Las Vegas Raider I meet, I love more and more. And now I got another favorite Raider. You could tell Darren, uh, you know, I, it's tough because we're in the same division. I just wish you were in the NFC. Yeah, right. Easier. But <laughs> man, this guy has a mindset, a hard set and a handset and a foot set. Like I said, uh, Alec, you are my kind of guy. And uh, I appreciate everything you do for the community. And I will, as a theta meditator and quantum healer, I'm going to send you unbelievable healing. I appreciate uh, that. And I will be cheering for you almost every game you play, except for two. That's fine. And uh, I will be one of your biggest fans. Thank you so much for all you do, uh, not only on the field, but particularly off the field to help inspire our youth with financial literacy, opportunity, career advice, and just mindset. Uh, you're gonna make a huge impact both on the field and off the field, I guarantee it. I'm blessed to be here with Blue Wire Studios here at the Wynn Hotel with the incredible Alec Ingold. This man is gold.